0: I will this morning we're gonna go, 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 go. This morning we're gonna get our mic levels right. And once we do that I don't know if you've noticed as you drive around the streets the last couple of weeks, um, especially as you come off the, the off-ramp going past the Hyperdome, that um, one or two people have put their faces there. They've decided that it's, it's um, a Facebook wall along that place, a bit of Instagram or Snapchat, and there's a few few signs up. A couple of them might say a political party or two on top of them there. But as you drive around, you, you can't help but notice that there's different faces around the place at the moment. And it's that time of year or that time of season where we get the opportunity to uh, enact our democratic process. Let me just start with 1 Timothy 2. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in godliness and holiness. Now, let's just take a moment just to do that for our state. Father, Lord, we just know that your word declares that you are the God who appoints and sets up authority. That authority is there at your bequest and at your, at your instruction and your releasing, Lord. And Lord, sometimes we don't understand how or why these people are, but Lord, we just ask for them, that they would be well that they would be in health, that they would be in strength. Lord, we ask again for this election, Lord, that your men and women would be appointed, Lord, as as ministers within this state, and that, Lord, your leaders for this state would be appointed at this election coming up next weekend. We ask for wisdom to the people of Queensland. Father, we just give you thanks that there are men and women that are willing to commit themselves and commit their lives and, and, and give of themselves for serving our state. Lord, we thank you that they are committed to, to this place. And Lord, if they, if they are not, we ask that, Lord, you would, you would sift them out. But we ask for men and women that are committed to seeing a state that, that would operate better and would come in line with your heartbeat and your values. Father, we just lift the, all the voters of this state to you and just ask that you would give them insight and wisdom and prompting to follow your heartbeat. And Lord, we ask that as the people of God, we would continue to have freedom, that we could continue to proclaim your name, we continue to worship your name, we could continue to just be the people of God with freedom, with peace in the heart of our state, in Jesus' name, amen. Man, I, I don't know about you, this is one of the ones, this morning what we're going to do is we're going to talk a bit and um, I'm going to present a bit about what the what the different people are valuing and different pieces. I feel this is important to equip us to know what to do, and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit and respond about from um, the decision that came through the last vote that we did as a nation through the week. And then we'll come to the table of our Lord and celebrate with something a bit more uplifting. And, but as we, as we come to the state, I don't know about you, but I, I've, I've come to this election going, I really don't know where things are standing. I really don't feel... And excitement within me, um, as I look at any of the faces going around, I don't, don't feel that they're uh, of something that's, that's really prompting leading forward. And so I've, I've dug into and tried to understand a bit more of what's standing behind people. And I just really want to equip us with a few things of, of different issues which are facing us as, as our state. Um, one of the main ones uh, from our value perspective would be safe schools. Or or how how this is handled, how the program is handled within our state. At the moment, um, safe schools is in some schools in our state. There is no public knowledge listing as to which ones it is. It's on there. Okay, from what I was last told last week, that there was no up list of these schools are running safe schools, but you can go to the principals and have to request and ask themselves. You found it an issue? Okay. As of last week, that list is not available. It's not made available by um, parliament or anything like that. So we don't know exactly where this is being run at the moment, other than you need to ask your principals if it is being run. Um, so different parties on where they stand on this. The Greens, well, without responding, they're, they, um, they're going to fund it. LNP have decided that they want to build a better Queensland and they're committed to withdraw the Safe Schools Coalition resources from Queensland schools, um, but want to implement a bullying and antisocial behaviour reform that needs to be taught. Uh, One Nation have committed to scrap the um, Safe Schools program in our state and from the ALP, um, they are investing in professional development and training to better release and equip anti-bullying strategies within schools, one of the which that they support is the Safe Schools uh, program in our state. I encourage you to look more into that. I've talked about it before to, to understand it. Some of the things that are being put out about it are, are not true, as well, so you really need to ask the question on it, but pretty much the basis of it, it is founded on um, inadequate research. The research that it was founded on, the, the researchers actually stated this. This research is not a representative sample and cannot be used ...to state anything underlying our school system in Australia. That's in the conclusion of the actual initial research. And then they took that document, they've quoted parts of it... ...and said, because of this research, we're going to implement this program. I don't understand how you can do that as a... <laughs> Next issue that is, is major in our state... ...and this one's being right, brought right up before is abortion... At the moment, there has been a bill that's been passed around, not not a bill, there has been a a document for the coalition, coalition essentially of abortion, that has been signed currently by nine sitting members of of Labor and 21 electorates within Queensland committing to full term abortion, saying that they support mid and late term abortion right up till birth. Looking at this, this is one thing that a lot, there is a lot of push for. Knowing the people that are actually behind this push at the moment, at the moment they're hidden faces behind anything and they're not being revealed. You, you can't find who the actual people are that are pushing this forward. But what you can do is if you go on queenslandvotes.com.au and you can look at your individual electorate and see it lists there if people have signed this petition or not before government. Most of the independents in our area, or not most of the independents... In our area, um, pretty much all the Greens have signed this petition. They've said, yeah, we agree with this. Um, the independent member running in Waterford has signed it. The, there's an independent member in Redlands who has signed it as well. Uh, where the other parties stand on this one, sorry for just giving facts again this morning, um, but LNP have said that they are opposed to late-term abortion and they won't be supporting that, um, that the current laws in Queensland are sufficient, is what they've said. Um, One Nation has said that abortion should only be allowed for serious medical and psychological reasons, not lifestyle considerations. Labor... labor labor's sitting in different places. Um, Shannon Fentman has signed the petition. She's supportive of, of late-term abortion. Whereas Cameron Dick, um, who's the member for Woodridge, is opposed and has presented findings to um, Parliament that actually uh, resist and, and say that we should not allow this. So with the, within ALP ranks, that it divides. Um, Greens... Yeah, they've pretty much signed it as a whole party. Euthanasia. Um, this has become a real issue for our state this time. Uh, we, we have a philosophical shift. I, I don't know. I, I was surprised. This one's really blown me away uh, within this. There is a philosophical shift now within our political system in Queensland. Previous to this election, whenever euthanasia's come up within Queensland, it's been an individual member that's raised a bill for it. So one member raises a bill and then they discuss it and vote on it. At this election, ALP is going to the election um, with a euthanasia policy um, in support of euthanasia to, to, to make it legal within our state. That's the second time in, in the history of Australia that that's happened. That's happened in Victoria once before, that a party's taken that bill straight to it. Um, LNP are opposed. Um, One Nation are committing for a conscience vote for their um, people. And the Greens support the introduction of euthanasia. Um, Advertising's changed over the last little while. Probably in the last 10 years, as billboards have changed, what you're allowed to put up around bus stops and shopping centres and all that. Um, So one of the issues that obviously we get within there, and, and sometimes we pull past things and we think, oh yeah, that's all right. And then you walk past with your kids and you're like, no, I don't want you looking at that kid. And you're like, oh, okay, maybe I should have an issue about this. Um, and one of those things is probably the advertising that happens and is put, put forth in, in different places. Again, LNP are um, supportive of asking questions about advertising and um, looking at different recommendations. None of the other parties have said anything about this issue. Probably one of the things that we feel as the church and especially in this last week sort of talking about it, is the freedom of religion and where that stands. Um, are, we, are we free for speech? Are we free to, to talk about our views without being called, um, without hate crimes or anything else like that and, and those sort of things. So this is one of those interesting things that the election is not sort of sitting around that but one of the issues that's being talked about is human rights bills. So currently, um, at, at a previous election, um, Victoria has introduced a, a bill of human rights within there. I still don't know what to make of it. I've been reading it this morning. Um, you can Google it and find the Charter of Human Rights and Responsibilities. There's 20 human rights in there, and, and a lot of them look good. There is a, there is a, a freedom um, for religion and a freedom of thought within those things. That's definitely in there, and most of it looks, looks all right. One part that does trouble me... As a, as a shift within the philosophical process around, around how a democratic nation works, is we have a parliamentary system that sets our laws. You know this. Our government sets laws. And then we have a judicial system who enacts those laws. Now, what the Bill of Human Rights of Victoria says is that these are a code which now our judicial system has to pass all the laws that are set. There is potential for this document to be twisted and shaped that now the same judicial system who, who, who judges the laws are the same system who sets the laws. That's not what democracy is, and that's not what we've been built on. And that, that's not necessarily in there. I'm still reading it and understanding it. I haven't read the full document. Um, this is just my comment on it. Someone might know this better than I do and be able to comment on it deeper. There is a caveat that says everything that they pass, the parliament is the last ones that say what becomes laws or not. Whether that's a strong enough issue in there or not, I don't know. But ALP have said that they're going to introduce a Bill of Rights similar to Victoria. Um, LNP have talked about that they want to preserve human rights of Queenslanders. They're not going to introduce a Human Rights Act or Bill of Rights... Um, but in in Queensland, there's already fundamental laws that protect anyone from hate speech. Um, The other ones haven't really responded to that. I believe you can't see this image because it's too small, Um, but I'll send out a link through the week to the Australian Values Checklist so you can have a look at it on where the different parties sit on different matters. Around here, I haven't really seen anyone running for the Cater Party. That's listed in the first column there. Um, But reading across the top, if you want to just work out what ticks and crosses look like, you've got Cater Party, LNP, One Nation, Labor, Greens, um, going from left to right on that one. That bottom one where everyone agrees is to better look after the environment. So it's the one that everyone agrees on, is to um, do something about our environment. You know, I just wanted to present that. I didn't want to harp too long on it. I hope that that in some way helps you make some sort of decision this week. I hope it prompts you to look at who you're voting for. Let me say this, your vote is important and your voice is important. We believe strongly in democracy um, and strongly that, well, it was established by the church really and so I believe strongly that we need to be um, continuing this within us. Obviously this week, um, the whole the whole thing of, of votes has been something for us and something that's been deep on our hearts. Um, for those that aren't aware, uh, the plebiscite on on same sex marriage was came back on Wednesday and it was I think someone probably sixty two percent in in support of yes. And sorry, 72, seventy okay, sixty two. Sixty two. Sixty 38. Um or sixty two thirty seven 62 36 and 2% that were hard to distinguish within all those things. I don't know how you get yes and no wrong, but that's a hard thing. So obviously for us, there's an element within there of, of concern. There's an element within there of unknown and an element within there of, of potential fear that happens for people. I've talked to people right across the spectrum this week of a whole bunch of different emotions that have gone on within this. And so we need to continue... Um, Lyle Shelton of the um, Australian Christian Lobby has come out and said, now, OK, we're going to continue to talk about and continue to enact and, and talk about the value of marriage within our nation. And and we're going to continue that. The game has now changed, but we're going to continue to advocate. And we need to continue to advocate. And yes, we do. Um, we need to talk about the values within all that. We know that there's already a bill before Parliament and there's more bills going to be presented and that's going to debate back and forth and it's going to be a mess. There are some people on, on Thursday morning or, or Wednesday morning that were celebrating deeply as they felt extremely vindicated with the decision. There were some people Wednesday morning that, that felt extremely hurt and upset. That would have been the same feeling in our nation whichever way the result went. You've got two groups that were polarly opposed to what's going on. And um, one thing is, for our nation, this is a shift. This is an absolute shift for us as a nation in a number of ways Um, within that. We're a nation that is quite unique. Probably us in America in some ways are quite unique that we were established as Christian nations. We were established with the values of of Christian and and Judeo-Christian values as the centerpiece of our legal system and the centerpiece of our, our law system and the centerpiece of our values. That's unique from a lot of places that were around before Christianity came to their shores. Now, you might say Christianity came to our shores, and, and we can debate how that all happened, and, and we'll talk about that later, brother, um, and what that is. But this is, this is the, a major issue of our day and a major shift of our day, and probably the first one since 1967, where we disbanded the, the white Australia policy. That was a, a major shift of our nation and a major shift of our culture, um, and the right shift at that time. That, that needed to happen. And so this this is something that is deep in the deep in the values and deep in the heartbeats. One of the things that, that has happened here that we could say and I've heard say is that the church no longer holds the moral voice of our nation. The church no longer holds the moral voice of our nation. I'd say that that's probably now true and untrue at the same time. Um, within these things. Those things prob- hold true and it's probably in other ways in which people would, would not hold with that. But I, I, I sit there and I think about that question and I ask the question to it of, is that our job? Was it ever our job to be the moral voice? If we look at the scripture and we look at Jesus, which is a good way to sort of test everything, Jesus came to reveal who the Father was. He came to seek and save the lost, and, and, and he came to, to do this. And a whole bunch of other stuff are listed in Scripture, but there are a couple of the main ones. Seek and save the lost and to reveal who the Father was. At the time, he came in a culture full of Jews, full of Pharisees and, and Sadducees and all these other people who were the moral voice of their nation and were the moral gatekeepers of their nation, and there was no way they were giving that up. And Jesus, he challenged who they were and challenged them, but at no point did he ever go to war against that and and war against that. And he let them continue to be that while still proclaiming the kingdom and revealing who the father was and allowing that to set up who the father was and show who the father was. And if that was Jesus' job, I would say that's still our job, is to reveal who the father is. And that was my job on Tuesday. And it was still my job on Wednesday. And it was still my job on Thursday. And it's still my job today to reveal who the father was. In actual fact... Who, who we are and who we are as the people of God has not changed. It has not changed within that. But I, I, I think about these things and major shifts that happen and go on. I wonder. There's, there's this chance for us to do one of a couple of things. We can, we can recoil and be concerned and worried. And we have some concerns. What's going to happen with our schools and with our children? What, what are they going to be taught and what's going to be proclaimed in that? There, there's some concerns we have and we need to keep advocating for those things and we need to as parents well here's one thing as parents I I don't know about you as a parent but um, a few years ago I interviewed some schools um, as to which one was going to look after my kids for a big chunk of the day and and to teach them and train them and which one was going to help me in my job of educating my children my job's the one to educate my children in who God is and what marriage is and what gender is and what identity is within that and I will select people who assist me within that. There's a good one next door and a good team of people next door who are helping me with that job which is absolutely wonderful and uh, I thank you parents for agreeing with that team uh, within there but that's our thing as schools. Schools are there to assist us in our job as parents and we need to continue that fact and we need to continue to uphold our rights to withdraw our children from whatever classes that we don't deem appropriate Um, for that we are doing RI in a couple of weeks time. I'd love that every child would be there but there are parents that have the right for their children not to be there. And so we've got the right the other way as well with different different programs within those things. So there are those things that are deeply concerned about. And we can be worried and caught there. And that's Elijah did that. He went and got worried and went and sat under a tree when everything looked like it was against him, and we know the story there that God turned around and went, What are you doing here? My kingdom hasn't finished, it's not over, it's still going. And I believe the Spirit of God is still saying that in a nation, that, that the kingdom isn't finished, it's not over, it's still going. In actual fact, I have an excitement about me. And and people find me weird when I talk about this because one of the things is where darkness is, light shines all the brighter. I don't know if you've ever sat like in the middle of a night, you're in your dark house, everything's pitch black, and then you turn your light switch on, and it's like someone stuck a knife into your eyes. You're like ah but if you walk in there in the middle of the day and you turn your light on, there is no effect. But where darkness is, light shines all the brighter. So I am happy with the fact that all of a sudden, the image of the church and the image of God's people in our nation, there is more of a distinction about who we are. We are there is something now of more of a distinction on who we are. We have got Christianity cheap in our nation. You guys are able to be here this morning so cheaply. I was hanging out with some Uzbek uh, pastors a little while back. And just chatting to them about and One of them, I think, has 120 churches under his covering with there. Now, to establish a church in Uzbekistan, you have to get 100 signatures of people who say that they're going to be part of that church. They can't be part of another church already. So these have to be fresh signatures, fresh converts, that are going to be set up and establish this church. Now, if you add your signature to that, you can lose your government welfare funding... You can get refused service at restaurants or any service agent. They just, there's a list that says that as a Christian, you can just lose your rights within that nation. And you've got to think, why would anyone then put their name down to become part of the church? Because he's worth it. And because there is extreme value in being called and named as part of him and, and one of him. I... I, I we get it extremely cheap. We, we have this situation that, that goes on in Acts 5 that I am absolutely amazed at. So it goes on in Acts 5 that it, it's not just one or two of the apostles, but all the apostles get put in prison. And they all get caught up and, and chuck in, chucked in jail. And they're all there and they get confronted with the Sanhedrin. And the Sanhedrin goes, what you're doing is wrong. Stop preaching about Jesus. You can't do it um, within that. Gamaliel gets up and and gives a speech and and persuades the council from killing them all. Then we get these interesting verses in in verse 40 and 41 in in chapter 5 of Acts. His speech persuaded the council. And so they called the apostles in and they had them flogged. That's one of those words that we can just gloss over because we really don't have too much of a representation or understanding in, in 21st century um australia in actual fact if we as parents did that there'd be little calls to docks generally happen and, and we would get reprimanded for those things but they had them flogged they got the cat of nine towers out ball bearings bits of bone everything that's going into flesh and ripping them to pieces severe pain and, and anguish going on there and they order them don't you go and speak about jesus and then they let them go so if our leaders here all of a sudden, we're called in before government and, and they get us down and they rip us open and take our clothes off and rip our, like get a whip out on our backs for a little way, I'm going to be pretty upset about that. I don't know how I would respond to walking out of that situation, blood pouring down my back, back opened up, having been flogged and hurt. I, I don't know how you'd respond if that's what you were told and going, don't go preach Jesus anymore or we're going to do this to you again. The apostles left rejoicing because they have been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. I, I am absolutely, there's an element of me excited that all of a sudden we're getting picked on a little bit more because we have the name of Jesus. Um, Jesus promised this. So it's going to happen. You're going to be persecuted for my name. Because you count yourself with me, you're going to be persecuted. They're going to hate you for it. And so we get a choice. Just like Peter did that night of the crucifixion. Followed Jesus around because he wanted to know what happens. And then there's some blokes hanging out at a barbecue. And so he goes and hangs out at their barbecue, hanging out. Are you, are you one of them? I know you. you're one of these guys that have gone, actually, you came round to my city and you prayed for that girl and she got totally healed. You're one of those, Chris. You're one of those followers of Jesus. Uh Uh-uh, not me, wrong dude. Wrong dude. No, I don't want to be counted with Jesus. And we know he he does that three times. And then the rooster crows and he feels all sad about it. And then go and read 1 Peter. Because over and over in 1 Peter, he talks about this. To this you are called. Because Christ suffered for you, leaving as you for an example how you should follow in his steps. And he keeps talking about how it's such a joy to be persecuted for the name of Jesus. Such a joy that we, we have a hard time for the name of Jesus within there. And actually, Jesus set up and he left us this. He said in Luke 21, before all this happens, before I come again, before the end of the world, they will seize you, persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues, put you in prison. You will be brought before kings and governors, and on account of my name. And so you will bear testimony to me. But make up your mind not to get worried beforehand how you will defend yourselves, for I'll give you words of wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to contradict. You'll be betrayed even by parents and brothers and sisters, relatives and friends, and they'll put some of you to death. Everyone will hate you because of me, Not a hair of your head, but not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm and win life. And when these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because redemption is drawing near. I love John Wesley's quote. I've never known more than 15 minutes of anxiety or fear Because whenever I fear, whenever I feel fearful emotions overtaking me, I just close my eyes and thank God that he is still on the throne, reigning over everything, and I take comfort in his control over all the affairs of my life. I'm absolutely excited for the kingdom of God, that the kingdom of God is still advancing. Jesus is still on the throne, regardless of whatever bill gets put up before Australian government. Our job of representing Jesus is still the same today as it was yesterday. And more than that, I'm really excited now that as the church, we have become the sole gatekeepers of who a father and a mother is. Now what has happened is our state and our nation has said, well, mother and father are not important. We're, We're just going to group them into parents. Gender roles are not important. Last Saturday... I said, one of the things God's doing with us moving forward is we're going to bring redemption to family and bring redemption to who a mother and father is as a church. Something that's on it. God has been setting us up for years now with the heartbeat of mothering and fathering. This hasn't caught God by shock. He has been setting his church in this nation up as the gatekeepers for who family is and for who mothering and fathering is. And all the time, more and more, we've had conversations this week about people who are just like, you know what, I want my kid to go to Sunday school. I want my kid to go to youth. I want my kid at Sunday school. I want my kid in church. Why? Because they see we're the place who holds values and we're the place that holds morals. The vote, it doesn't matter what our parliament or anything else has said, we still are the moral voice that people desire. Where the heartbeat of God that people desire. And I am extremely excited That we are the gatekeepers of mom and dad, of mother and father. And that's something we're going to continue to run at and run at harder now as that becomes the message that God has on us to bring to our nation and bring a message of restoration. So I don't know what you've been feeling this week. I don't know what's been going on inside you. But all I want you to know is God uses all things for good for those who love him and are called according to his name. God has not been shocked by this or surprised. And in actual fact, the kingdom isn't over. The gates of hell will not prevail against us. One vote won't prevail against us. And, but what this will do is launch us. God is going to launch this into something new of the ministry of Jesus in our nation. And for that reason, I'm excited. I'm exceedingly excited that the name of Jesus can be proclaimed within there. Would you just pray with me? Father... Lord, there is distress in our hearts at at our nation and at the state of marriage and that with something that we uphold dearly and that we were the people that established it and you were the one that proclaimed it and established marriage in this world, Lord, it's been taken out of our hands and, and now looks nothing like what you established. Lord, but we still see what you established and what you've called, Lord, it is yours. It is for life. It is for the establishment of family and it's between a man and a woman only. Lord, and we will uphold that and we will champion that. But more than that, Lord, Father, we ask for peace in our nation. We ask for for the navigation of this whole next period as a nation. But Lord, more than that, we ask that your name and your kingdom would advance. Lord, that we want to stand with you and what your heartbeat is of mothers and fathers. And Lord, we ask that you would help us proclaim that and teach that and equip that and redeem that more and more redeeming the concept of sons and daughters more and more. And Lord, that, that, as that message comes upon us, Lord, we just want to carry it with such a dignity. We want to carry it with such a fire and a fervor for the kingdom of God. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you establish it deep in our hearts. Lord, for those that are troubled and concerned, Lord, I ask for your peace. I ask for your peace. And I ask that you would remind us now, Holy Spirit, that you still sit on the throne, that your name is established, that your kingdom is established and will continue to be. Give us wisdom of how we stand. Give us wisdom of how we fight. Give us wisdom of our words. But Lord, you've declared in your word, by this will all men know that you're my disciples, that you voted no to same-sex marriage. No, No, you said in your word, they will know you as my disciples, that you love each other. So give us the love that shows forth who you are. Give us the love that proclaims you right and establishes you on that throne. Amen. Amen. We're going to celebrate communion now.